Hello, my name is John Donahue and welcome to the Bite Size Weight Loss Podcast with Human Design. So that, as always, the aim of this podcast is to give you simple, easy to use bite size tips, strategies and insights to help you master the game of healthy weight loss without having to give up your life in the process. And I'm pretty excited about today's episode because there's there's all this talk about what you should eat and how you should eat. But in reality, last and change comes from developing skills and dealing with situations that come up in your life. And nobody who I've seen has been successful and I've coached over the past uh, 18 years uh, has succeeded with weight loss unless they, they come up with strategies to deal with the difficult situations. You know, it's all good being motivated when you're sitting back reading your healthy magazine the weekend and you have a breakthrough moment, but then nobody plans for the obstacles that are going to come up. So today, and we talk about two powerful skills for lasting behavior change and permanent weight control. And once you, these are just two behavior change skills, but they're really, really powerful. And I think if you can implement them into your life, you will really achieve a lot of success with eating and exercise. And the reason this is important is because effective planning is a really absolutely crucial skill for you to learn how to do in order for you to create lasting behavior change, especially when it comes to healthy eating, weight loss and fitness. You know, there's absolutely no doubt that at some point in your fitness or weight loss goals, you're going to stumble about and you're going to face a lot of difficulty and lots of obstacles will appear that will distract you and make it hard for you to stay on track, especially with the actions and the habits and the goals that you've set. So this is what this podcast is all about. It's all about how to support the repetition of healthy eating and exercise or sleep, whatever it is, by mitigating these obstacles and setbacks. So I'm going to show you two key behavior change skills that you can use to prepare for obstacles ahead of time and then utilize proven strategies to overcome these obstacles should they occur. And I shouldn't say should they occur because they absolutely will occur. You know, we have all this, we um, engage in this magical thinking that life's going to be put on hold the minute we decide to lose weight, but that's not often the case. And what, you know, I always say to clients, look back over the last six months of your life, think about how smooth it was when it came to training and eating. And I can guarantee you there were so many things that disrupted your progress. You got a flu, you got COVID, your kids were sick, you had, you were caught in endless meetings at work, your projects were over deadline, you didn't get to bed early enough, uh, you know, you were traveling, you had social occasions, all these things are going to come up and, you know, they're always going to come up. So we want to develop plans that help deal with these normal life situations. And and we're going to talk about these two behavior skills now. So the first behavior change skill is easy to do, and it's called implementation intentions. So in psychological terms, it's called in implementation intentions. So implementation intentions basically help you get specific with what you need to do, plus when and where you'll do it. So a lot of people are way too vague with their fitness and health goals and weight loss goals. They're like, I just want to lose some weight, or I just want to get healthy. I want to eat healthier. I want to exercise more. Well, that's too vague. You need to be a lot more specific with this. And this is where implementation intentions come in. So they um, they kind of help you plan for the most important actions you need to do by requiring you to be extremely specific about your intended actions and then putting them down on paper rather than just thinking or saying what you plan to do. And the best example of this is looking at your weekly diary in your work. I guarantee you have your meetings planned out and yeah, things might change, but you have everything down to your schedule to the minute. And if you're a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, you probably have it even down to the very second. So you don't want to just think about what you're going to do. You want to be more specific about it. So implementation intentions force you to decide beforehand when and where to act by filling in 
we call it in the habit coaching course I did, they call it a magic sentence. So I will do this behavior at this time in this location. So instead of you just saying, for example, I'll work out this weekend, you would write down the sentence with the relevant details. For example, you'll say, I will work out for 30 minutes on Saturday at 8 a.m. in my backyard. Instead of saying, I'm going to run this week, you'll say, no, I'm going to run for 15 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 p.m. And so several studies have shown that writing out an implementation intention is really, really effective in helping people stick with their goals, and many of which show that just writing out an implementation intention doubles your chance of completing the desired action. So we've got to get as specific as possible. So behavior change strategy number one is you've set your goal, but now you're going to set these implementation intentions. So you get really, really specific about your action. Now, as always, there's a still a chance that an obstacle will unexpectedly come into your day and it'll keep you from completing your specific implementation intention. This always happens. And what happens is people don't know how to deal with it. So they go into what the hell mode or beep it mode, or can I say it? The F word, fuck it mode. There we go. And uh, that's definitely common in the fitness industry. Oh my God, I had a biscuit at 10 a.m. My diet's gone to hell with it. It's out the window. So this is where the second behavior change strategy comes in, and it's called if-then planning. And actually, a lot of behavior change experts believe that if-then planning is the most important skill for lasting behavior change. And basically, if-then planning refers to when people commit themselves to doing a certain thing when they're faced with a specific obstacle or situation. And these self-made plans can kind of capture almost like you could call it pre-specified responses in preparation for these situations occurring. So by deciding the action you're going to take in advance, it can save you from having to use willpower in the moment. And we all know what happens when we have to use willpower at nine o'clock at night, three o'clock in the afternoon or mid-morning. You know, things that the positive, healthy actions don't really get done. Emotions take over, the habit brain kicks in. And because we're doing things regularly, we keep repeating the less than optimal choices. And again, this if-then planning starts by filling in what's called another magical sentence. So if this obstacle occurs, then I will do this solution. So if something occurs, I will have this solution in place, or I will do this. So if then planning takes two simple steps. Number one, you identify the obstacle, and this is important because you need to identify the obstacle that might occur in a typical day that can prevent you from completing the desired healthy behavior you want to do. And then you write it down. So it could be oversleeping, working late, stuck in traffic, sick kids, uh, being stuck in four hours of meeting, uh, traveling interstate, uh, missing a workout or whatever. And then number two, you plan the solution. So then you'll write down specifically how you'll do the healthy behavior you want to do if one of these ob obstacles happens. So if X obstacle occurs, then I will do Y specific action. And by the way, before I give you some examples, if then planning has been shown to be way more effective if you come up with your own plan. So instead of me telling you, so with coaching clients, I'll say, all right, if this happens, you know, every week I ask them what went well um, uh, and what didn't go so well, and how are we going to plan around this so it doesn't happen again or uh, you minimize the chances of it happening again. So it's better if they come up with their own plans and then we uh, kind of agree together that it's a suitable course of action. So at the end of a week, you can simply spend two minutes looking back at your previous week of eating and exercise and go, right, what was one obstacle 
that you had during that last week. And then I'll write out an if-then plan for that obstacle. And then over time, you'll have a number of these specific if-then plans for specific obstacles that come up in your life. And don't be scared that you'll have a million of these because what usually happens is the same obstacles come up time and time again. You know, maybe a friend calls you over because they're struggling, they want a glass of wine, or maybe it's social drinks, or maybe it's... uh, certain meetings on certain days or you know certain days you're having really long hours at work and you know you're going to eat unhealthy at home at the end of the day because you're too tired to cook the same obstacles will come up time and time again but it'll be the same couple of obstacles but just slightly different situations so and over time certain if then plans can actually overcome multiple obstacles so here's some examples of if then planning for some of the most common obstacles i see with clients uh or just that they've come up with themselves. So number one, obstacle, sleeping in the weekends and missing workouts. So an if-then plan for that could be, if I sleep in, then I'll do my workout as soon as I get home from my food shopping. Another obstacle will be eating fast food for dinner when you're tired. This is really, really common. People will get home, they're too tired to cook, so they just order Uber Eats. So a good if-then plan for that is, if I have a 12-hour workday, say every Thursday, then I'll cook Thursday's dinner on Wednesday. Something as simple as that. Or if I have a long work day and I get home and I'm tired, then I will heat up my pre-ordered online healthy meal in the microwave. It could be as simple as that. Another obstacle could be eating too much at restaurants. So a good if-then plan might be if I get served too much food at the restaurant, then I'll box some up and take it home. Another obstacle might be starving at dinner and eating too fast and overeating. Well, you might say something like, Well, if I am starving at my dinner or if I've had eight hours of work between lunch and dinner, then I will have a healthy snack halfway in between lunch and dinner. Another obstacle could be eating mid-morning when you're bored at work. You might say something like, if I crave a snack at 10 a.m., then I'm going to check if it's been four hours since my last meal. Another obstacle could be late night stress eating. So you might say, if I have a stressful day at work and I'm craving sweets after dinner, then I'm going to veg out on TV or I'm going to call a friend, or I'm going to watch a funny YouTube video, I'm going to call my parents, whatever it is, anything that will distract you from the late night stress eating. Another example of an obstacle is boredom meetings. So you might say, if I feel bored, then I'll work on a hobby or a craft. Another obstacle could be emotional eating. So if I feel sad, then I'll go for a walk. The whole goal is that you come up with your own if-then plan to deal with typical obstacles so you don't have to rely on willpower because that's when we make the poorest choices. When our habit brain takes over, we don't think about our future consequences. We're not thinking rationally. We're thinking emotionally, and we just make poor decisions. So the biggest benefit of these if-then plans is that it's nice to have choices, but there's a huge difference between having mapped out your choices ahead of time before you're stressed and tired and emotional versus trying to figure things out in the moment, which never, never works well. So you want to plan ahead of time for the obstacles that are going to come up and they will come up and they'll come up for the rest of your life. Sometimes you're not going to do your if-then plan. You'll give in. That's okay. We just want to have a plan ahead of time because that makes the biggest difference between those who stay consistent through tough times and those who don't. And, you know, if you do fail, if you set up an if-then plan, like, you know, if I don't get to my workout, then I will do this later on, and and you decide not to work out later on, remember, it's just an experiment. Experiment. Just embrace this experimentation mindset. Remember, all data is good data, right? You can just learn from it. The key is that it's okay to stumble with this stuff, but only if we take the opportunity to learn from it. So by doing these if-then plans, it makes it easy for you to avoid the what the hell effect as I talked about earlier or you know or we call it in the health and fitness word fuck it mode basically 
and then we still can act in line with our long-term goals. Now, if you want to make it, these behavior change strategies even more powerful, you can do a double whammy. You can put the two strategies together. So, for example, you might say, I will train at the gym for 30 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week at 12 p.m. But if a meeting comes up or a project deadline goes over, uh, overdue, I will do a 15-minute online workout as soon as I get home that day. Or I will eat two servings of vegetables with my dinners on Monday to Friday. But if I have long days at work and I'm too lazy to cook at home, I'll use my online meals that I ordered in advance and heat them up in the microwave. It can be up to you. You can make up any plan, but these two behavioral strategies are really powerful. And just before I go, I want to talk about a little bit of research about if then plan and why it is so powerful and so effective for long-term weight loss, long-term fitness and long-term health. Because, a lot of research has been shown that goal setting is not usually enough and obstacle planning is a really important part um, and often missing piece of the puzzle because people take more consistent action and have more consistent practice if they expect and plan to overcome obstacles. And, you know, you are living in dream world. If you think your life is going to run smoothly the minute you decide to lose weight, that's not going to happen. So you basically want to plan to overcome obstacles that always come up and it makes the biggest difference with success, especially when it comes to weight loss, because most people fail in behavior change because they repeatedly assume no obstacles will come up at all. They don't think, think things through and then they end up, you know, it's like saying, um, if everything goes perfectly in my life today, then I'll practice my healthy eating. <laughs> you know, unless you have a charmed life, that's a recipe for disaster. So some research on if then planning showed, right? I, I, I got this from Josh Hillis's book, uh, Lean and Strong, a brilliant book, by the way, about um, the eating skills, psychology, and workouts. Really, really fascinating read. Um, I, I definitely highly recommend it. And they, in the book, he states they did a meta-analysis of 94 individual studies and found that if-then planning was an extremely consistent predictor of goal achievement, in every case, the people who created the if-then plans to overcome obstacles were way more successful in their actions their habit change, their goal achievement, than people who didn't set the if-then plans. But the first thing to know is that planning for healthy eating has been shown to be really, really effective. But planning not to eat unhealthy food has been has also been found to be incredibly ineffective. Now, what that means is that, and this, this is a mistake that people make, they'll say things like, if I eat, see some chocolate I want, then I won't eat it. Or if I go to a social occasion, then I'll not have a drink. But planning not to do something or not to eat the thing just doesn't work. You have to make your then plan be something that you will do. For example, you'll accept the cravings are normal and you'll eat a carrot or you'll go for a walk or you'll read a book. It has to be a doing thing, not a not doing thing. So when you make your if then plans, the then part has to be about something you're going to do. And also, if then plans have been shown to be really effective when the person focuses on the action. So for example, eating vegetables, doing a workout, going to bed early, rather and they're less effective when the person focuses on the outcomes such as weight loss or strength so build your plan around the actions you want to take and i've talked about this before in the podcast about the difference between outcome goals and process goals so an outcome goal is i want to lose 10 kilos by this date or i want to run a 10 kilometer uh, race or i want to do a five kilometers under 20 minutes you know that's okay that sets the direction and the motivation but the process and the behavior goals are the ones you want to focus on. What steps are you going to take on a daily basis to get to that goal? And too many people focus on the outcome, and that's why they get derailed when the outcome isn't going the way. But you can't control the exact outcome. Only You can only control the actions that you take to get to your goals. And, you know, 
Interestingly as well, if the implants have been shown to be more effective on hard habit changes, not easy ones. So if you're already doing something, it's pretty easy. There's no point in doing these plans. And also, if the implants work really, and they're really effective when you're tired or irritable or anxious or demotivated, which is when we make our worst choices, especially when it comes to eating. We are emotional beings. We're not robots. We don't make logical decisions all the time. You know, one study manipulated people into good or bad states of mind, and then they had them complete really hard tasks. For people in a happy, positive state of mind, their task completion was high, or even without if-then planning. But of the people who were irritable and tired, the if-then planning made a huge difference in task completion, such that they were equally as effective as the people who were in good mood. So when you're in a bad mood or you're emotional and you want to make a poor eating choice, this if-then planning can almost stop you from doing it. It's not going to guarantee stop, but it's really, really powerful for making you do the right thing when you're not feeling in the right mood, if that makes sense. So if the implant is really good, I think, because first of all, you get to see that when you mess up, it's not a personal feeling. It's not about you as a person. It's more about a failure to plan appropriately. And so again, you're not planning for the obstacles that are going to come up. And secondly, you can get to make really specific plans for each week and how do you overcome the obstacles that come up most often in your life. So the obstacles that come up in your life are going to be different than my obstacles. So you can come up with your own if-then plans to help you. And basically, as I said earlier, with coaching calls, I just say to clients, what went well last week? What didn't go well? Okay, how are we going to implement a, a proper plan so when the not-so-well things happen again? So thinking through obstacles is the most important element of behavior change. It's two things that people never, never consider. Uh, obstacles are a part of life. We just need to accept it. And, and, and we have to expect them, especially when it comes to weight loss. And... Um, Successful healthy eating, successful exercise, successful sleep, whatever you want to call it, isn't a matter of not having obstacles. It's a matter of expecting the obstacles and planning for them. So there's two skills today, implementation intentions and if-then plan, I think are way more important most of the time than learning what to eat and what's the healthiest foods. Too many people are arguing over what's the best diet and what's the best way to get into calorie deficit. But if you can't stick to anything, if you don't have plans to come up with the obstacles, and that's where we mostly get the real. We get all motivated and pumped up. And in week two, we're struggling because it's not as exciting anymore. We get bored with the, the habits that we need to do. But and then the obstacles come up and we start giving up and we say, ah, the hell with it. Then you start feeling guilty. Then you get shameful. Then you start to self-loathing and you don't do your plan. So plan for these obstacles. Be specific with your implementation intentions. Plan your exercise, your, your health eating. Be very, very specific, not vague. Then have the if-then plans to help you overcome the obstacles that will naturally come up. So that's it for today's podcast. As always, please, if you enjoyed this, if you got something from it, if this helped, if you've never heard this before, I think this can really be life-changing. If you've heard it before, I'm sorry if I repeated myself, but I tend to repeat themes over the podcast because the more you hear a message, the more you get ingrained. All right, so yeah, please, please, if you can, leave a rating on the podcast. If you're getting something from it, it always boosts the ratings. It helps more people see the show. We're coming up to 1,500 downloads. I'd love to hit that mark. Um, it's, a, it's a personal goal just to keep boosting the listenership for the podcast. All right, have a great day. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with more podcasts.